The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Apple, as you know by now, is set to reveal its first major product in a decade at its annual developers conference this afternoon. Our dear DeBosa and Steve Kovac live on the scene. And Dee, let's begin with you. Talk about, I guess broadly, just what's at stake for the company today? I mean, you said it before the break, Carl. This is a stock that's trading at all-time highs. But beyond that, this has really been the market leadership. When we talk about the gains, uh, tech has come roaring back, and it's been a handful of those mega caps we now call the Magnificent Seven that have led the market. So what Apple has to do today is really deliver. There's such high expectations. The thing that everyone really cares about, there's a lot that's going to be announced, but it's all about that mixed reality headset. And here, Apple has to do something that Meta, that no one else has really been able to do so far, and that is bring such a device into the mainstream. And at a time when Apple's iPhone sales are slowing, this is a new product launch, the first one since 2015, the Apple Watch. Apple has a lot at stake here. It has to deliver. Um, and Tim Cook is going to have to get on the stage and tell us why we need this and why it's mixed reality. Explain sort of for an audience, for a group of consumers, what that means and maybe a killer app, some killer apps so that it can bring it to reality, why we need these devices, why we are going to want to use them. And Steve, just to that point, why do you think now Apple is getting into this space, having come after we've already seen kind of a whole hype cycle from Meta on things uh, surrounding the metaverse? Right. Yeah, well, Mike, what's going on here is they actually laid the groundwork for what we're going to see today. Several years ago, actually, at this very same conference, they kind of made it possible to give developers these tools to make augmented reality apps for the phone. Now, that hasn't had, uh, you know, a runaway success on the phone. There aren't too many apps that use it in a unique way. Pokemon Go might be the one exception. But the vision that Apple already always had from the last four, five or six years was that augmented reality is going to enable a lot more creativity, a lot more kind of app development. And it's really this kind of device that can uh, unlock what they really have been wanting to do that you just simply can't do on a phone. As far as the financial opportunity, look, we keep talking about how this thing is expected to cost thousands of dollars, while the ones from Meta cost $1,000 or a couple hundred bucks. So, but you also got to keep in mind that it's still going to be tiny compared to the iPhone. The iPhone is still the heart and center of the company. That's where most of the revenue comes from. And this is just going to be a sliver of that for the time being, Mike. Meantime, D, there's the added question on whether or not they say anything about AI as the market's obviously in love with that story and wonders if uh, Apple has a strategy <laughs> or, or if they're just being patient as they can afford to be. Yeah, the market in love with that story, maybe even an understatement. They've been obsessed with this story all year and we haven't heard a lot from Apple. So some investors hope at least that we're going to get a little bit more on that front. Ming-Chi Kuo, which is a noted Apple analyst, he was tweeting ahead of this event today that in the long term, one of the key success factors to such a device, a mixed reality device, is whether it can integrate highly with artificial intelligence. He also says that investors have recently been more interested in this generative AI push than it has been a headset. So we'll see today if Maybe Apple can combine the two or even just give investors anything on the AI front, how iPhone users are going to be able to use a chat GPT-like service. 
All right, we're going to go back out to the Apple Developers Conference, which is underway in Cupertino. Let's get to Deidre Bosa for the latest on what we're hearing. Hi, Deidre. Tyler, the moment that we have all been waiting for, Tim Cook just came back on stage and he said his famous one more thing. And then he introduced the mixed reality headset that everyone here and beyond has been waiting for. It is called the Vision Pro. He says that it is a new kind of computer that augments using the most natural and intuitive tools. He put it into context, the evolution of all the other Apple products we've seen. He said that in the same way the Mac introduced us to personal computing and the iPhone introduced us to mobile computing, he says the Vision Pro will introduce us to spatial computing. It came along with a video, people in their living rooms with this device, and you can actually see the person's eyes through the device. So it looks like it's some kind of tinting where you can see the eyes if you want to. You're looking at it right here on your screen now. This is the video that we just saw that um, led to a lot of cheers behind me here at Apple Park. We're getting more details. Um, it's showing people in their living rooms looking at a virtual or augmented reality screen. Steve Kovac is beside me. You might have heard him. He, he can't take his ears off of it because we're getting all of these details in real time. Um, exciting, guys. Again, the same questions, though. Is Apple going to be able to do what Meta and others have not been able to? That's the big question. And as I look at the stock price, it has ticked up, but it's been pretty steady throughout the entire presentation. Partly because a lot of this news may have been anticipated. I mean, we heard it was going to look like ski goggles. Indeed, Deirdre, it looks like ski goggles. When you're listening to the developers cheering for it there, do you have any sense of what opportunities it gives them to design programs and apps and, and, and different <laughs> immersive experiences? Well, that's essentially who this presentation is for, right? We don't have any details yet. We're not expecting to know necessarily how much this thing is going to cost. But the point of doing this at WWDC is to tell the developers that it's ready for them to start building the apps. And there's some estimates that within a few years, the devices, the apps for this device could be up to one third of the app store. So there really is a huge opportunity here. And, you know, the idea too that Apple has built this huge ecosystem the developers have been building for in terms of the mobile platform for so long that that's going to carry over to this augmented reality or mixed reality device. Um, so I'm sure the developers behind me are very excited thinking about what they can do as we see more of this come out. Like you said, a lot of this was anticipated, mm -hmm. but we're listening. And I believe behind me, Tim Cook and his team are explaining exactly what it can do, how it will be different and it's those details that developers are listening intently for. Yeah, the, uh, Steve Kovac and I know you're sitting there with with Deirdre and Deirdre as well as Dan Ives talked about this product as as fundamentally directed at developers and 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 the proof will be what developers are able to develop for it and whether those products are enticing enough to individual consumers to to pay the money. Is this really a product aimed at developers not the general public? I think the vision, Tyler, is for it to eventually be for the general public. Correct. But right now, what we're seeing in these demos is uh, basically apps, iPad apps, kind of surrounding you in this uh, this virtual space in front of you. So they're showing, you know, common apps like photos and and movies and having this immersive experience. Uh, they one one of the shots they showed someone sitting on a couch and and kind of kicking back and watching. Uh, go, scrolling through their photo library, even web browsing uh, kind of in a, in a window floating in front of you. Now, this is these are not new ideas, Tyler. We've seen this from Meta. We've seen this from some of these other augmented reality headsets, but it's going to really take the developers here
here and people here today to try this and see if it can uh, kind of level up from what we've already seen before. Uh, I am seeing also, I would also kind of notice that, note that um, instead of controllers, it looks like this thing is mostly controlled with hand gestures and voice instead of a, a physical controller like we've seen from the likes of Meta. I mean, that really pushes the ball forward as well. But I was just thinking that, you know, in terms of what Apple already offers and in terms of services, if you look at the fitness apps that you have, you've got it up on a screen, but if you're doing yoga and you're you're trying to follow what's on the screen and you're doing down dog, it doesn't work. So it, it seems immediately obvious to me that for people who practice yoga a lot, wearing a headset where you're seeing the instructor makes a lot of sense. I imagine there's probably a lot of health um, applications that could come with this as well. What about the the business utilities? I mean, are you hearing developers chatter at all about the the way that it might be used for business, Steve? Yeah, that's something that uh, this category has been talked about for a long time. Even, Contessa, remember Google Glass going mm -hmm. that far back, talking about using this augmented reality technology for business in the workplace. In fact, this is something Meta really touted with their Reality Pro headset, saying you can get work done in this uh, virtual environment that surrounds you. Instead of having one screen, you can have many screens around you. Um, and, and also to your point, fitness is another thing that people are talking about. I don't know how comfortable it might be to exercise in a, a real way with a heavy, bulky headset around you. Um, but we also got to talk about, like, we still don't know a lot about what this device is capable of. They're just now getting it out. So it's we haven't really heard the full pitch yet, Contessa, which is really going to be compelling because right now what we're seeing is just a more elevated version of what we've seen from competitors so far. You know, one thing that occurs to me, Deidre, maybe I'll turn back to you, is that a, a lot of these devices, one of the things that, that occurs to me is that a lot of the devices that we have tend to, tend to advance the idea of isolation, social isolation. If I'm on my phone, I'm not talking to Contessa, I'm on my phone. Uh, if I'm using one of these VR devices, is there going to be a social aspect where I can communicate with or interact with other, imagine this, interacting with other human beings, uh, as opposed to sitting there in my, I mean, in my wonderfully immersive environment with my goggles. Well, that's why they're tinted, right, Tyler? I yeah. mean, they are showing off a feature where you can see the eyes through it, and that is probably speaking to exactly what you're asking about, is the idea that this is so immersive and you can shut out the whole world around you. I mean, since we heard about this thing, we knew that it was going to be mixed reality, the key word being mixed there. So it's not going to be entirely virtual. It's going to be augmented. It's going to make use of the space around you, as well as anything that the goggles or the headset can deliver to you. I will say, though, Tyler, I'm waiting, and probably Steve would agree with me here, we're waiting for the why, right? Why do we need this? And I think Apple has to really articulate that. And there's been talk, you know, do they need a killer app? Because I think maybe that's where um, Meta hasn't been able to break into the mainstream. We don't have a really compelling reason as to why we would wear these things. Um, certainly, there's cases in terms of gaming, even virtual meetings, and Apple talked about that a little earlier. Um, but I think that if this is going to be a big platform shift, shift like Cook was saying with the PC and the mobile phone. I think we really need that compelling reason and him to tell us why we're going to be using this option. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point because I think back to, to many points in, in Apple's history where, and maybe this was particularly acute or true under Steve Jobs, 
where Apple seemed to know what we wanted before we knew we wanted it. Fair point? Yeah, that's, that's exactly fair. And, and that was kind of his whole mantra. But look, this is going to be more of an experimental type thing, Tyler, than anything else. As far as a platform shift, this is not going to happen overnight. Mm -hmm. Still dominated by the iPhone, Apple sales are. And this is, look, they spent a lot of time talking about iOS today because that is still their most important platform. But they do need those developers here, Tyler, in order to make the experiences, in order yeah. to uh, encourage people to buy one of these uh, new headsets, the Apple Vision. Steve Kovac, Dear Drabosa, thank you both for joining us uh, on that breaking news. Appreciate that. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba.